You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. Welcome back, everybody, to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and today I'm continuing on with my defensive power ranking series, this time ranking the NFC West as I'm going through the defenses from fourth to first, breaking them down and sharing my thoughts and opinions. So make sure you do so as well in that comment section down below. Give me your rankings. Give me your thoughts on my rankings. Give me your reasonings as to why you think these defenses should be where they are or, or are not. But let's dive right in, starting with the number four team at the very bottom. And this one, probably not a surprise to a lot of people here. And that's no disrespect to you all Cardinals fans, but I have the Cardinals sitting at number four. This is a defense that has a lot to prove this season with plenty of turnover and just a lot of question marks as far as the entire roster on that side of the ball is concerned. It's going to be up to Majai Sanders and Cameron Thomas to try to mitigate the losses of both J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, who combined for 18 sacks and 53 defensive stops per PFF last season. There is that's a task that is just not necessarily the easiest I would say to accomplish, especially with how impactful JJ Watt was in the short time. He was on this defense here. Injuries aside, you also have the additions of Carlos Watkins and LJ Collier, both. I would say average run defenders or so you have Richard Lawrence, of course, who missed 12 games last season as well. But as far as just getting after the quarterback is concerned and also stopping the run, I really have no idea how this defense is going to look. I, I am a little bit concerned about the defensive front, and I know a lot of people have the Cardinals ranked as like the number one pick in the draft this year, and I feel like some of it might end up having to do with just everything that's going on up front. A lot of turnover, not very high expectations, and you know, hoping for the best. I will say, though, it's not all gloom and doom. Linebacking corps, I would say, is a very fun group, especially athletically. They went and added Kaiser White this offseason. He's racked up 255 tackles the last couple of seasons, and PFF even has him credited for 99 defensive stops through those two seasons as well. You, of course, have Zaven Collins, who is kind of in a in a bit of a prove-it year. He's had a very up-and-down career, I would say, so far in the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. I'll be very interested in seeing what Richard Gannon tries to do with his athletic ability. And then there's, of course, Isaiah Simmons, who at this point, you know, is he even a linebacker anymore? I don't necessarily know, but I mean, I guess he he was drafted as one. Whether that's still what he is now, I don't really know. I mean, he had 409 snaps playing out of the slot last year in 2022. So whether he is a 6'4", 200 and some odd pound cornerback for you, or if he's a if he's a, if he's playing interior as, as a linebacker, I don't really know what his position technically is anymore because he's just such an athletic freak, but he is someone that makes that off that excuse me that linebacking corpse uh, a, a little bit more exciting i would say and if things don't go well you know, you can keep an eye on guys like fifth round pick Owen Popo, he sh- who uh, showed, you know, he could do a little bit of everything at Auburn. So it just it's it, it's a lot of athleticism and excitement as far as the linebacking corpse goes. But do you know what you're going to necessarily get? Not really. As for the secondary, you did lose Byron Murphy this offseason. So 
tough blow to the cornerback room, but you do still have safety Buda Baker leading the way for that group as a whole. Marco Wilson did show some improvement in year two coming out of his set, his first season, notching three interceptions last year. So you're hoping to see him continue to grow. However, obviously some changes going on in Arizona could maybe set him back some, but you're hoping Rich Gannon and his specialization on defense there should be able to help get the most out of him. You also have Antonio Hamilton Sr. who will be working opposite of him outside as well. And then like I said, Isaiah Simmons, I guess I'm throwing into this this conversation as well because I don't really know whether he is considered a linebacker or a cornerback anymore because again 400 and some odd snaps at the slot position last season kind of throws your position out of whack and what you're necessarily considered whether it's he's just so athletic they put him there or if they do consider him a corner on the roster I don't necessarily know but Isaiah Simmons is a guy that does sit there and play slot at 6'4 240 pounds so I mean we'll see how that shakes out there but there's just again losses question marks uncertainty certainties all about I just I don't really know if I can buy into the Cardinals defense beyond the number four spot for this division here now going into the number three spot I am settling on the Los Angeles Rams here and I'll I'll you know preface this by saying that I kind of look at this division as like the Cardinals Rams and then you have the other two teams in the division as well and we'll get into where I have them ranked in a second so there is kind of like a considerable gap between the two teams I will say uh, there is a concern in the amount of just veteran leadership that I'm gonna that I'm seeing right now at this very moment on this defense you're looking at 19 first year players currently rostered for the preseason on this Rams defense there is clearly a youth movement going on right now as Sean McVay looks to basically turn over his Super Bowl roster you do still have at least Aaron Donald, though. He is who he is. He's the best in the business, and I don't really think you can argue that, to be honest. Um, he leads the way for this defense, but you did lose Sean Robinson, Greg Gaines, Leonard Floyd. There's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot of reliance on young and experienced guys to fill in some gaps in play just play beyond what their talent level probably is already considered. Bobby Brown III and Marquise Copeland aren't guys that are known to create a ton of pressure either, but they are both solid guys to help Aaron Donald and at least slow down the run. But I'm expecting the pass rush this year beyond Aaron Donald to be a little less threatening than they have been the last few years. You do have some rookies coming in on the defensive front, though. You're looking at third-round rookies Kobe Turner and Byron Young. They'll be worth watching through the preseason, and I expect to see get a considerable amount of snaps as the season rolls on as well. So expect to get a decent contribution from those guys. But a very just this is going to be a very young defensive roster altogether. Now, as for the linebackers of this group here, Ernest Jones, very short tackler, played 723 snaps in 2022. PFF credited him for 39 total stops. Uh, however, not great in coverage. He was allowing an 85% completion percentage last year. So definitely something he needs to work on there. You also have Christian Roseboom, who at this moment looks like he's slotted to start alongside him. He only played eight snaps in 2022. So again, hammering the whole youth thing here. And then you have Jake Hummel, who is the only other interior linebacker on the entire roster with actual playing experience. The rest of the room is literally undrafted free agents every single one of them so you have those three guys and the rest are all first year players behind them so again a very thin corpse with not a ton of starting experience to work with here then the secondary, this is where I would say there is some positives to look at as far as the secondary goes. Obviously, you lose Jalen Ramsey this offseason, so that'll be a tough blow for the 
unit, but you're bringing in Akella Witherspoon, who's your veteran leader at 28 years old. He's a very steady cornerback. I think a guy that's just reliable and he'll be there as, as a guy that's probably going to start all 17 games for you. And he'll be a very consistent guy, not somebody who's going to, you know, completely explode and light the world on fire, but he's also not going to crap out and let people just completely destroy him play in and play out. You also have Kobe Durant who showed promise last season. I expect that he's probably going to be their slot guy in, tw- uh, in 23 to uh, be the, just, he's going to have to hold it down because again, the group is very young behind him. And then Darian Kendrick, who looks to be the guys that the Ram ex- Rams expect to start opposite of Akella Witherspoon, very strong tackler, could improve a bit in coverage, but overall I would say a solid choice. And then you also have your safety tandem of Jordan Fuller and Rust Yeast. Uh, Fuller basically missed all of last season. And then Russ Yeast, uh, basically a filling guy last year. There is, again, just a ton of youth, and I'm very concerned. And to be honest with you, if you wanted to argue that you think the Cardinals have a shot at maybe having a better defense than the Rams this year, I would say possibly. But right now, with Aaron Donald being on that defense still, you don't have a name like that in Arizona right now that I think lives up to quite his echelon of greatness. So that's why I have the Rams at number three. Again, there is a lot of youth, a lot of new guys that are going to be getting plugged in in this Rams defense here. And it's either going to go really poorly or maybe some of the veterans can hang on and keep things under control. But I will be very interested in watching how this Rams team operates on the defensive side of the ball this year. Looking at the number two spot, and like I said, I would basically look like sandwich the two teams in this way where you have like a clear one and two and then a clear three and four. So a little bit of a gap between these four teams here when you go into two and one, but I opted to settle with the Seattle Seahawks as my number two team. But I will say I do look at them very highly and I would say that they're like this close with the 49ers here, especially during the back half of last season. It was a very exciting group to watch. Yuchenna Nwosu and Darrell Taylor, you want to talk about absolute studs. They combined for 19 sacks in 2022, notching nine and a half apiece. They did an excellent job setting the edge. And then you went and drafted Derek Hall in the second round as well, who from 2021 to 2022, 16 sacks, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 64 defensive stops, and 89 total pressures altogether. You want to talk about excellent depth for those two pass rushers there. Very excited to see how Derek Hall fits in and finds some opportunity this season. The interior, though, is a little bit of a question mark. They allowed 150 yards per game this past season rushing, which is third most in 2022. They did bring in, though, Dramont Jones and Mario Edwards to help shore things up on that interior. And you also went and drafted Mississippi State nose tackle Cameron Young in the fourth round as well so a clear and concerted effort to try to improve that group altogether but that was a big weak point for them it felt like some teams were able to just completely bulldoze over them so while they were good at attacking the quarterback and disrupting the pass it just felt like when teams were running the ball especially if they got the ball rolling it was like you're just kind of do your best to hold them off and hope that the high flight offense that the Seahawks were working with last year were able to keep up the linebacking corps, this is one I'm really excited about here because I'm happy to see that Bobby Wagner is reuniting with the Seattle Seahawks after a year hiatus over in LA. I know he got to go back home and do the thing with the Rams last year. Did not quite work out with them as expected. So now he's back home with the Seattle Seahawks and he reunites with Jordan Brooks 
And these two guys are just absolute tackling machines. If you look back at what they did together in 2021, they racked up 354 total tackles as a duo. I would argue when they were at their peak, they were one of the best linebacking duos in the NFL with what they were doing. And then you also have some excitement at the depth as far as depth goes. Looking at you, Devin Bush, from the Steelers, this is a guy who is so athletic. I was really disappointed to see things not work out with him in Pittsburgh, and it's bizarre because Pittsburgh is known for being able to mold their linebackers into being studs, especially with the athletic talent he had. You really would have thought that he'd be one of those guys, but didn't work out, but now he gets the opportunity to watch and learn behind Bobby Wagner, who for a long period of time was arguably the best linebacker in the NFL. And I wouldn't even say arguably. I would say he was the linebacker in the NFL. Working along Jordan Brooks, I think that's going to be a really good duo to learn from for him. But overall, really excited to see this pairing back in action here in 2023. And then you have the secondary. And I would argue that the Seattle Seahawks secondary going into this season is probably the best in the NFC West. There is just a lot of talent and a lot to be excited about with this grouping here. You, of course, have Tariq Woolen, absolute star last season, and I feel like doesn't quite get the recognition he deserves because, oh, he plays zone and he only plays on one side of the field. Well, that's how defensive schemes work sometimes. Not every cornerback needs to be a follow-the-best-wide-receiver-on-the-team-man-cover guy. Sometimes schemes are designed the way they are, and Tariq Woolen, with all the athleticism in the world, and being a guy that people were like, oh, such a raw talent, but he's not ready to be a guy yet. For him to explode in the NFL the way he did last year in his rookie season and be as good as I was hoping he would be, very happy with how things turned out for him six interceptions 16 passes defense he had three fumble recoveries as well the guy was a machine last season then you go into the draft you pick up Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon in the first round when you look at 2022 not a single touchdown allowed he had three interceptions and 14 pass breakups he can play in the slot he can play out wide there is plenty to be excited about with these two pairing up as the premier corners in the Seattle Seahawks defense. And then as far as the safeties are concerned, I've got to say this. This is probably, if healthy, if Jamal Adams can get back, one of the deeper safety rooms in the NFL altogether. Jamal Adams, he's your in-the-box guy, hard-hitting tackler. He can play up front really close to the line of scrimmage. That's going to be his job and should be his job in Seattle's defense this year. How does he fare from returning with his injury that he dealt with last year? Obviously, we'll have to see. But Really like what he can do when he's utilized correctly. And then you have Quandre Diggs. He's your drop back deep safety guy. He is the perfect complement to Jamal Adams' game. Strong cover guy, ball hawking type of safety. He can force the turnovers and make them happen. Make those plays when you need them most. And then you have a guy like Julian Love as your depth guy or your third safety here. Because it seems like teams are opting to go with third safeties now as legit players on their defense. Coming off of his best season so far in his short career. I was pretty shocked to see New York let him walk. But I'm assuming it just kind of came down to money maybe. I don't really know. But I thought he was an excellent piece on that defense there. And he was somebody that I was hammering that the Giants needed to bring back for this year. And ultimately, they let him walk. He comes to Seattle. And this is, again, excellent third safety, if not great depth for Seattle. This is a guy to keep an eye on here and someone who I think could make some noise. This is a secondary that I'm very excited to watch because I think that they're only going to improve upon what they did last year. And that's going to be good. Again, struggled against the run. There were at times where the secondary was getting torched, but they felt like they kind of got themselves together towards the back half of the season and going into this year now with the additions that they made and guys going into their second year or just coming back from injury. This should be on paper, a very strong group.
And then finally, of course, the number one team, the only one that's left, the San Francisco 49ers round out my four here as the top defense in the NFC West. I mean, and it's really hard to argue against this unit here. You look at them. Defensive front, you have Nick Bosa, best pass rusher in the NFL. He's waiting to get paid right now. I'm not concerned about how that whole thing's going on with his holdout. He's going to be playing under the most lucrative pass rushing contract you're going to have in the NFL's history. You have Eric Armstead, who has been an excellent run defender for this team since 2015. Hopefully he can get back to form following the injury he dealt with in 2022, but I'm not really concerned about it too, too much. Somehow, some way, everyone in free agency decided they were going to let the 49ers go grab Javon Hargrave, who can one, rush the passer. He had 11 sacks from the interior last season. He also had 60 tackles, 10 being for a loss. So he can stuff the run as well if he needs to. And then you have second year, Second round pick, Drake Jackson, who is essentially getting his time to shine now as the opposite end of that defense there. He's playing opposite of Nick Bosa. And then there's a guy that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I'm curious to see how this works. Clellan Farrell coming to San Francisco here from Las Vegas. First round pick, obviously, did not work out over there in Las Vegas. But I'd be curious to see how they utilize him and his ability and just where he fits in on this defense here. I'm not expecting him to come in and light the world on fire, but if he's a guy that can come in and give you maybe four, five, six sacks as a rotational piece going up against, you know, a tired defensive or offensive line that's been battling Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Javon Hargrave for, you know, a full set of downs or two before he gets to come in and relieve. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see him flourish in a more rotational role where the expectations aren't all being thrusted on him the way they were in Las Vegas. Then you look at the linebacking corps. This one's the best in the division as well. I mean, it's very deep. You have Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, who I would argue they have a strong argument for best linebacking corps in the NFL. Fred Warner is probably the best off-ball linebacker or just linebacker altogether in the NFL at this point. Dropping in coverage, stopping the run, he can literally do everything and then some. Greenlaw is the ultimate complement to his game here, and Warner has even said as much as well, but he's a stud of a player in his own right, uh, and uh, you know you cannot take away from that tandem that they have there. And then you have someone like Oren Burks, who like in relief, phenomenal depth guy for them, and even somebody like, and this is again, the USFL fan in me coming out a little bit here, linebacker Kiava Tizino right now is currently working uh, on the roster as a depth piece as they go through training camp. He was all USFL for the USFL last season. This guy, if you have not seen what Chiava Tizino can do, he has, uh, what was it, 12 games altogether of work put for the Maulers in the USFL this past season. Go check out what he did because this is a guy who was racking up 12, 13, 14, 15 tackles all over the field, getting into the backfield, creating havoc. He is somebody that I would love to see make the final 53 as like a depth piece for what is again a very strong linebacking room and I actually think he has a legit shot in doing so with just how talented he is and as for the secondary Talanoa Hafunga coming out in his second year absolutely incredible performance by his part and one that I don't think a lot of people expected to see I mean, you look at what he was able to do, whether it was lining up in the box, whether it was deep in the slot, up against the D-line. I mean, it, whatever you needed him to do, he was able to fit into that role and do it extremely well, especially his ability to cover. I mean, it's just unbelievable to watch. Four interceptions last season. I cannot praise what he did enough. Then you look at Tashawn Gibson Sr. 
He's an excellent tackler, strong in coverage as well. He had five ints. The top of your secondary honestly feels really strong. It's the it's more so the corners that I'm just not necessarily super high on right now. You do have Charvarius Ward, who I would say excellent top cornerback to have on your roster but then it's everyone after that that you're kind of just like eh, the depth is a little bit iffy for me uh, and like who is necessarily who is the slot guy who's going to be cornerback two to play alongside ward it looks like isaiah oliver coming in from atlanta is going to be your slot cornerback he did miss a few weeks last season dealing with injuries but overall i'll be interested to see how he fares in his role as a slot corner then you have someone like diamador lenore coverage ability needs a little bit of work but excellent tackler contributes in the run and if you notice it's kind of a recurring theme with the secondary even the guys that like you can poke holes in their coverage game whether it's man-to-man or zone whatever it may be everyone seems to be a strong tackler that even applies for someone like rookie Darrell Luter Jr. coming from South Alabama not as strong of a 2022 as he had in 2021 but overall excellent tackler and he can find the football he proved that in 21 he came away with four interceptions that year but he only had one last year but overall someone who is once again a strong tackler someone you can probably count on in the run as well overall just again it's like a great group of tacklers the coverage though it's hit or miss or just like we have to wait and see to what to to ultimately know what we're getting out of this entire secondary but I mean over the top I feel really confident about the secondary as far as the 49ers go it's just more so the cornerback room and some question marks I have with either new guys stepping in or people getting increased roles going into another season but overall 49ers defense in my opinion gotta be the best one within the division but that is how I would rank the NFC West defenses. I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on my power rankings. Give me your power rankings. Weigh in on these teams and give me your thoughts on them. All of that and more in the comment section down below. But that is it for me. I appreciate you if you made it to the end of the video. I will see you all next time. Have a good one.